Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Welcome to the Bible Explained podcast, friends and faithful listeners. My name is Jen. I am the host here. So I have a funny story for you guys regarding the podcast. I was listening to one of last week's podcast episodes, and I had forgotten that I had sped it up like previously so that I could listen to any podcast that I listened to faster. So I heard my voice going like a million miles per hour, and I was like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And I thought that I had made a huge mistake on the podcast because when I edit my episodes, fun fact, I actually do speed my voice up so that I can edit a lot faster. And I thought that I had forgotten to make my voice like the normal speed again (laughs) and that I had uploaded it when my voice was was going like a million miles per hour. And I was like, oh, my gosh, people are going to laugh. But that wasn't actually the case. I, I was just listening to my podcast at a high speed, basically. And once I realized that, my heart stopped pounding. But uh, (laughs) that brings me to a question. Do you guys listen to the podcast at a normal speed or do you speed it up so that you can listen faster? Let me know. You'll find my contact information in the description of this podcast episode. But let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 9 verses 46 through 57 today. We're finishing up Abimelech. We're going to see how this story ends. We're going to see how Abimelech is basically cursed. So let's go ahead and read this. And as usual, I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And let's enjoy reading some scripture together. When all the men of the Tower of Shechem heard of it, they entered into the stronghold of the house of Elbereth. Abimelech was told that all the men of the Tower of Shechem were gathered together. Abimelech went up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people who were with him, and Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bow from the trees, took it up and laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the people who were with him, what you have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. All the people likewise each cut down his own bow, followed Abimelech and put them at the base of the stronghold and set the stronghold on fire over them so that all the people of the Tower of Shechem died also, about a thousand men and women. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and women of the city had fled there and shut themselves in and went up to the roof of the tower. Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and came near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. A certain woman cast an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and broke his skull. Then he called hastily to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, draw your sword and kill me, that men not say of me, a woman has killed him. His young man thrust him through and he died. When the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they each departed to his place. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did to his father in killing his 70 brothers. And God repaid all the wickedness of the men of Shechem on their heads. And the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel, came on them. So I'm going to be honest, I don't actually like the way that the W.E.B. translates verse 46. So the W.E.B. says that when all the men of the Tower of Shechem heard of it, they entered into the stronghold of the house of Elbereth. Now, if you were only reading the W.E.B., you would think that that was talking about like somebody's house, right? Like somebody who had a stronghold in the back of their house. 
But that's actually not what this is saying. Because if you go over to the NIV version and read verse 46, it says, On hearing this, the citizens in the Tower of Shechem went into the stronghold of the temple of El Bereth. I think even other versions say the god El Bereth. So what this means is that the people who were left in the city of Shechem that Abimelech had not killed yet all gathered in the stronghold of their god, who happened to be El Bereth. So this means that the people were actually taking shelter in the temple of their god, which also happened to be a stronghold. Now, once again, if you guys don't remember what happened on Monday, Abimelech was a terrible person. There was an uprising against Abimelech because Abimelech was the king, basically, of Shechem, even though he was an illegitimate king. Uh, he was technically the king for three years, and the men of Shechem had crowned him king. So all things were all well and good for three years, and then God started stirring up animosity, actually, between the people of Shechem, which was the city that Abimelech lived in, and with Abimelech. So the, the men of Shechem actually rose up against Abimelech and decided to make this other guy named Gael their king. But Abimelech and Gael fought and Gael lost brutally, basically, and had to leave the area. And Abimelech was so angry over this uprising against him that he decided to basically kill his entire city. This includes all of his own family members because he was born in that city. And his mother's family was in that city. And he killed basically everybody in that city. And he killed people that weren't even part of the rebellion. So he went out and killed all the people that were in the fields, like doing their normal daily work. And then he went into the city to fight against the city itself and killed a lot more people there. But now in verse 46, it mentions that there are still a handful of people left in the city that Abimelech had not gotten to. And everybody that was left in the city that was still alive fled to this temple of their god that had a stronghold there. It was the god Elbereth, Elbereth. So the rest of the people in Shechem are all holed up in this stronghold. And Abimelech is not satisfied with killing most of the people in Shechem. He decides he wants to kill everybody in Shechem. So he goes over to that stronghold and he takes it. It says that Abimelech was told that there were people gathered in the tower of Shechem. So Abimelech went up to Mount Zalman, Zalman, and he and all of his people who were with him, and he took his axe and he cut down some branches, is what it says. And so he gathered these branches together. It actually says bows of the trees, so it would be, actually it would be larger than branches. These were big, you know, parts of the trees. And so he took a bow off of the tree, and laid it up against the stronghold that the rest of the people of Shechem were inside. He sets it on fire and he tells his men that are with him to do the same. And so they all do the same. They all like lay their trees up against the tower and set them on fire. And so the trees catch fire and it causes the entire stronghold to burn down. And so a thousand men, women, and possibly children were burned alive in this stronghold. So the entire city of Shechem was wiped out by Abimelech, who was a Shechemite himself. Now, before I move forward, there's a couple things I want to mention about this portion real quick. The first being that just because Abimelech was a Shechemite 
It does not mean that he was the best person for Shechem. (laughs) In fact, he was a terrible person for Shechem, as you can see here. He didn't care about his city at all. All he cared about was power. So we have to be really careful when we appoint people to government that we're not appointing them based upon their external qualities. Like, for example, their nationality or their color of their skin or what city they're from. Because just because somebody is from your city, that does not mean that that person is the best person for your city. You have to vote for somebody based upon their qualities, based upon their morality and their value system. That is how you should determine whether or not you should vote for that person. Because otherwise, if you're voting for somebody based upon their external qualities or based upon nepotism or something like that, you're never going to get a good leader. And that's kind of proven here with Abimelech. Just because he was a Shechemite does not mean he was the best person for Shechem. He was a terrible person for Shechem. So that's the first thing I should say is that uh, this is a, a prime example of people wanting their own to become a king, and yet their own destroyed them. So that's the first thing I can say. The second thing is that You can see how far Shechem has fallen as a city, especially a city in the tribe of Ephraim. Ephraim was supposed to be a blessed tribe of God. Um, At one point in time, I believe they were the birthright holders. God cared very deeply for the tribe of Ephraim. And yet you can see how far this city has fallen because they don't go to God when they need protection. In, instead, they go to their false god named El Bareth for protection. They were probably held up in that stronghold, praying to whoever this uh, El Bareth god was. And yet you can see what happened. Clearly, El Bareth could not protect the people. Clearly, this stronghold of El Bareth could not protect the people from Abimelech. God is our fortress. God is the only person who can protect us. And the people, unfortunately, in Shechem did not understand that. They had abandoned Yahweh completely to follow after the Baals. So moving forward, it says after this, after Abimelech literally destroys every person for the most part, maybe some got away, but after Abimelech destroys all of Shechem and most of the people in Shechem, it says he wasn't satisfied yet. He decides to be a conquering warrior. And he thinks that he just has strongholds figured out. So he goes to this next town called Thebes. And he encamps against Thebes and he takes it. And it says in verse 51, But there was a strong tower within the city and all the men and the women of the city fled there and shut themselves in and went up to the roof of the tower. So it sounds like this stronghold, I mean, these strongholds kind of remind me of old European castles, which kind of had the same idea. People would flee to those like castles and stuff to uh, protect themselves and their cities and their towns against whatever invading army was coming in like back in the old days. So it kind of has the, the same idea here. The people would build a strong tower to protect themselves. And so all the people of that city could flee to the tower and it would be big enough to hold the city. And so it says that all the men and the women of the city fled there and shut themselves in. So it sounds like so far Abimelech has not killed anybody in Thebes. They were able to see Abimelech coming. Perhaps they heard about what happened to Shechem 
And so they prepare themselves and they go to the stronghold and they hole up in there. And so Abimelech comes to the tower and begins to fight against it in the exact same way that he fights against the tower that was in Shechem. And so he starts to try to burn it with fire. Same exact scenario as what happens in Shechem, basically. However, Abimelech is unable to do it because there's a woman at the very top of this tower in Thebes. And she takes a millstone or a part of a millstone and throws it down onto Abimelech's head. And it says that Abimelech becomes mortally wounded from this rock getting thrown at his head. And it breaks his skull. So Abimelech is so embarrassed, even in his dying moments, that a woman bested him, that he calls to his young man, who happens to be his armor bearer, that means a young person who would like carry the shield, for um for the the king or whatever so he calls over to his armor bearer and he says to him draw your sword and kill me that the men not say of me a woman killed him so he's like hey okay armor bearer kill me now because i'm about to die and i don't want to die from her please kill me so that i can be killed in a manly way by another man and so it says that the young man thrust him through and he died so the young man draws a sword, listens to Abimelech, and kills Abimelech right then and there. But here's the thing that's kind of interesting about this. Scripture later on in 2 Samuel mentions that the woman actually killed Abimelech. This is the second woman in Judges that ends up killing a prominent person. The first woman was Jael, who killed Sisera, right? Uh, back in Judges chapter 4, I believe it was. And she was honored because she killed Sisera. She put everything on the line. And now Abimelech dies because of this unnamed woman who throws a millstone on his head. Now, this wouldn't have been like a huge millstone. Um, it probably was either part of the millstone, like part of a millstone that had been broken, or it was a small hand millstone that people would like grind smaller things in. So I'm sure this woman did not like roll a huge millstone down on his head. But either way, this woman ends up killing Abimelech. And scripture in 2 Samuel gives this woman credit for Abimelech's death. So everybody knows that this woman killed Abimelech. Because whether or not uh, Abimelech's armor bearer like killed him with a sword, it didn't matter. He was going to die either way probably very quickly from a mortal head wound. It's amazing that Abimelech was even able to speak after that happened to him. He knew he was dying, but he was able to utter pride in his last words by saying, I want to die in a more manly way. I don't want to be bested by a woman. So Abimelech dies and it says all the people that were inside that tower end up going home after they see that Abimelech is dead. So Abimelech is over and done with. His three years of fame have come to an end. And it says in verse 56, Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did to his father in killing his 70 brothers. And God repaid all the wickedness of the men of Shechem on their heads, and the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel, came on them. So you guys remember Jotham. He was the one brother that was able to escape from Abimelech. And he happened to be the youngest brother. 
And Jotham flees from Abimelech as the other 70 brothers are being killed. And Jotham somehow gets this prophecy from God. And Jotham went and prophesied against all of Shechem and against Abimelech and told Abimelech that he was going to come to ruin and Shechem also was going to come to ruin. And it took some time for God to fulfill that prophecy. But it ended up happening basically exactly as Jotham predicted. Jotham had actually said that fire was going to come out of Abimelech and destroy Shechem. And that's exactly what happened. Abimelech destroyed that tower that we just talked about in Shechem with fire and killed a thousand men, women, and children in that way. And that was God enacting judgment on Shechem through this evil man, Abimelech, because that is what Shechem chose. Shechem chose an evil man to be over them. They got what they voted for. They got what they wanted. And God allowed that to come to fruition, even though it's a terrible circumstance. If people choose something, if people choose to go down the wrong path, they have that free will and they have that choice to do so. And a lot of times God will just allow whatever people want truly to come to fruition. So that's what happens with the city of Shechem. And Shechem was laid in ruins. It was desolate after this until many generations later when one of the kings ends up restoring Shechem to its former glory, I suppose. So the entire prophecy came true. God does give people what they ask for, what they vote for, and what they want. However, God also punishes the wicked person that was voted into office, just like Abimelech was. Abimelech was voted into office as king, right? God paid Abimelech back because Abimelech was also extremely evil. God paid him back in the most embarrassing way possible for a woman to kill him with a stone. So that's the thing about God. He gives people what they ask for. He gives people what they want. But in the end, he always does pay back the wickedness of the person who does the wicked deeds. So this story here in Judges 9 kind of shows the justice of God in finally paying back Abimelech what he deserved from the very beginning. So if you ever wonder why or how God allows so much corruption to just run rampant, he allows it because A, people choose it a lot of times, but B, he's not going to allow it for very long. Eventually his patience, which is so much better than our patience, eventually it will run out. And we will see God pay people back for the wickedness that they have done. Well, this is the end of Abimelech. And honestly, I'm not sorry to see him go. He's kind of, I think, the worst Israelite in the book of Judges so far. He's just a horrific human being. But anyway, guys, I can feel the fall breeze in the air right now. I can see the leaves just beginning to change. And that means that we are getting into the holiday seasons very, very, very quickly. In fact, Advent is two months away as of next week. And speaking of Advent, I have a fantastic Advent devotional for teenage girls. And I was just looking through it the other day because I'm going to be teaching it at my church for the teenage girls this upcoming Christmas. And I was looking through it and I'm like, this is easily the best thing I've ever written. (laughs) 
Like it really is. It, I think it's better even than my Out of the Meyer devotional as far as the writing goes. And so I, I really like this devotional. There's activities in it. There's fun things you can do. So if you have a teenage girl that you know, consider getting them the Adore Teen Girls Guide to Advent. Or if your youth group leader is looking for an Advent study for teenage girls, then please recommend Adore to them. And that is linked in the description of this podcast episode. But friends, I'm going to let you all go with a happy listening and God bless. Oh,